0: Here at Mystical Mac, we believe that it's very important to pay attention to the energies working around us as well as within us, meaning the turning of the seasons, the planetary bodies and how they are moving in what direction, and of course, the lunar cycles. This is why I've come to recommend Lunarly. Lunarly is an amazing subscription box that aligns my self-care practice with the energies of the lunar cycle that is currently being presented by sending me a box on the new moon that holds either a candle or a plant. The plant will come with detailed care instructions. The candle will come with detailed information regarding the scent and why each particular element was chosen to align you with said lunar cycle. The box also includes four special items with reasons for why those items are included in a lovely little packet. and my favorite part, a collectible trading card that gives you every important date of said lunar cycle, as well as an intention to inspire for the coming month. You can find Lunarly by searching at mylunarly on Instagram, as well as by going to their website, lunarly.com. I can vouch for them personally. In fact, this is not an ad. I'm not getting paid to recommend them. I just highly believe in what they do. And the amazing items that they have sent me, as well as the plant friends I've made, have adorned my home and brought me so much joy. Thank you, Lunarly, and thank you for listening to Embodying Mystical Mac. Welcome to my human design experiment. Hello and welcome to Embodying Mystical Mac. If you're new here, thank you so much for stopping by. If you are returning, thank you so much for coming back. Today I have a commentary episode for you, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, I do have a treat for you when it comes to my makeup. Definitely went all out for this one. Um, And I've actually gotten compliments on it, which might just start doing this makeup regularly guys because you know if you know you know and if you're here you probably know but if you don't and you just like to listen to me talk about stuff then I am really grateful for that and my makeup is straight out of the movie that I'm going to be talking about so um super excited for all that before we dive into my bell commentary video slash podcast episode I just want to remind you all that on the YouTubes I am on my road to my first thousand subscribers and so if you are there I would really truly appreciate your help if you could throw a like and a comment as well to help me out with the algorithm that would be even better but just the subscribing would be super super cool Thank you and if you are on the podcast you haven't followed yet please go ahead and give this podcast a follow if you feel so inclined please go ahead and leave a review where you can wait till after the episode is done to gather your thoughts Uh, but I'm just honestly trying to grow this embodying mystical mac thing that I have going on and all of that is a part of it and I really appreciate your help. Um, next, I am going to create a proper sponsor video one of these days for this, but for now, I'm just going to remind you that I do offer tarot card readings, and you can go to calendly.com mysticalmac, that'll be in the description if you're listening on the podcast, it'll also be in the description as well as on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. You can go there, you can book a reading, right now I'm doing 30 minute readings for a $20 suggested donation. So that is a steal, go check it out and without further ado let's get into bell the studio shizu bell not the bell from beauty and the beast bell although this movie does have a bit of a beauty and the beast subplot thing inspiration going on okay i'll get into more of that but first let's start with a spoiler free review Okay, because I do, if you're new here, I do like to start these commentaries where I'm talking about media with a spoiler free for those of you that aren't here because you know what I'm talking about, but maybe might be mildly interested. And. If you're someone who, you know, minds when things are spoiled for you or maybe you came into this video uh, or episode originally going, oh, that'd be interesting. And all of a sudden when I tell you the spoiler free review, you care whether it gets spoiled or not. That is what I do it for, right? Um, <clears throat> so my spoiler free review, I'm going to have to start with the fact that, <sighs> okay, okay. Before I dive deeply into my spoiler-free review, one of the main reasons that I wanted to make this commentary video, because if you haven't noticed, I'm like six months to, I don't know, nine months late to the party when it comes to when this this film actually came out. In fact, I feel like I'm almost a whole year behind um, from when this film came out. Uh, However, I've just recently gotten into it. I was told to get into it when it was released in theaters here in LA. But I have recently gotten into it uh, and watched it and it just completely touched my soul. And when I went on YouTube to find people's thoughts and reviews on it, a lot of reviews and thoughts that I found out there kind of struck me as the reviewer having misunderstood certain aspects that's not to say that a lot of the criticisms weren't valid and I didn't have some of the same criticisms. But the things, there were a lot of things that were mentioned kind of over and over in different people's reviews that to me just, I the movie gave me plenty of information to justify all of those things and to make them all make sense. Um, and everybody that I've spoken to that really truly loves the movie but not just loves the movie loves the medium of anime has really been into the medium and medium of anime whether they don't watch all the current stuff they it's a big part of who they are so it's almost like i've noticed that there's sort of a through line with people that are very well primed for anime not having the same grievances that I've seen pop up time and time again on YouTube reviews about this vid- this movie. So I wanted to throw out my two cents because I genuinely felt like I really saw very deeply into the film and wanted to share that. So I, I wanted to start by clearing up some, I guess, some things that I perceive to be misunderstood. And with all that said, with my desire to, why I desired to make this video um and a podcast episode let's get into the actual spoiler free review right so this this film is essentially about a girl named suzu that is on a journey of leak reclaiming herself after this very traumatic loss that she experiences of one of her parents um, and we find this out very early on there's no spoilers here Um, She goes on this journey of reclaiming herself via a virtual world where an unexpected turn of events ensues and leads her down this journey of healing from that super traumatic loss in a really interesting and unexpected sort of way. It has elements of Beauty and the Beast, for sure. And even the name Belle, you know, it's an, not an illusion, an allusion, with an A, an allusion to Belle from Beauty and the Beast. But it's truly, like, the people who told me, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast, but anime... I definitely feel like that was a misrepresentation. There are definitely Beauty and the Beast elements, but the Beauty and the Beast thing is less of what this movie is about than what I originally said, which is Suzu going on this journey of reclaiming herself. Almost via this like weaving of the Beauty and the Beast elements in there. Um, It's amazing if you dig anime. And I say that because some of the criticisms that I encountered from reviewers on YouTube were criticisms that when I spoke to... Not when I spoke to, because it's not like I've spoken to a ton of people about this movie. But rather, when those same criticisms were posed to people in my life that just kind of get anime they were like well that it seems like you were given enough information maybe those people just don't watch anime very often and they're not they're not I I don't know they're not used to how the medium can kind of go back and forth in different ways and I'm not going to get into details until I get into spoilers put it like this you just have to pay attention quite closely. And if you're someone that isn't really into anime, there's probably going to be parts where you're going to get a little lost and you're going to have to backtrack. Um, But if you're paying attention quite closely, and even more so if you're used to the medium of anime where things can be a little bit more out of order and a little bit more nuanced, you'll pick up on those things just fine and the story will make sense to you. Regardless though, it's an absolutely beautiful movie. It's truly cinematic and the music is just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous i'm honestly also really glad but really insanely just dumbfounded that they were able to find the english vocal doppelganger for the japanese actress that voiced suzu originally it's uncanny how much Kylie McNeil sounds like her. And I think her name is Ka- Kaho, I think. Um it's incredible, though, how much Kylie McNeil definitely obviously is a voice in and of her own in in her own right. She has a beautiful voice. And it's not like she's trying to sound like the Japanese actress who voiced Suzu. She just happens to have a voice that has an uncanny resemblance in vocal quality and tone um which is really really cool it's beautiful and if you want to go on an emotional journey it's it it's definitely definitely worth the watch definitely worth the watch and if you're willing to watch it and then go come back awesome or go come back go watch it and then come back to this episode slash video awesome um if you are ready to have spoilers spilled upon you um, in spite of not watching it you're ready for this awesome this is the time this is the time to hop away if you have not seen this because now that the spoiler free review is through oh yeah let me end by saying this it's incredibly heartwarming and in my opinion the ending was very satisfactory if, if you really if you know the true story that is being told i'm so mired by all of the Very interesting reviews that I saw on YouTube that persuaded me to make my own. (laughs) But um, I enjoyed it. I cried many times. I felt so many things. But ultimately, I felt like I gained something in having seen that film. And I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful that I get to share it here with you today and my thoughts so from here on out we are diving into spoilers I'm gonna do this this thing this is, this is the part of the commentary video if you've been here before we kind of have a formula now look at how a formula we have a formula for the podcast too whether you're watching or listening where we go through the spoiler-free, and now I just go through the detailed notes that I have, okay? But now that we're diving into spoilers, spoilers before I go into my little detailed notes that I normally go into, let me just say, the whole thing that I'm talking about, under like being used to anime and understanding anime and kind of having that in your head as, you know, just in your being as you're watching these kinds of films, is because some of the criticisms that I saw from reviewers here on YouTube regarding this film were things like, oh, you know, we were in present day and then all of a sudden we flashed back to the past and I couldn't tell that we flashed back to the past and it was confusing and it was this and it was that. And there were criticisms like that that, in my opinion, just meant those people weren't watching closely enough because in those moments... You do you do have a little hint that tells you what's happening. It's just not a boom in your face like in Western filmmaking. All of a sudden everything's hazy and you can tell it's a flashback, or all of a sudden there's a blackout and it's a flashback. Like although this movie does make use makes make good uses. This movie does make good use of blackouts. I will say that. However, An example of what I'm saying is, you know, well, we flash back to the past and I didn't realize that we were in the past until we caught back up to the present. There's a very specific point where she talks about something happening in the past and then she goes, oh yeah, something else happened. And that's our cue to know we're flashing back to the past. We go back to this montage of her with her mother and... uh, Basically, we go from, like, when her mom died, when she was a little, little kid. Oh, yeah. Shit. I'm so sorry. For those of you that stuck around that don't know the plot line of this, I will get into that. Don't you worry. Um, But basically, the, you know, she says something else happened and we flash back to a montage with her mom through when her mom died. And then, basically, we kind of keep on that trajectory until she finds the world of you. Um, And then it kind of like serves to catch us back up to present day. However, I understand that it was kind of like done in a sneaky way, but it wasn't done without the audience being informed in some way. So that's what I mean by maybe they just weren't watching closely enough, or maybe they're just not used to the medium of anime, where like, yes, one sentence of her thoughts is enough to let the viewer know, hey, we're flashing back to the past now, you know? So that's what I mean. That's what I mean. There were, there were quite a few misunderstandings, the things that I perceived to be misunderstandings that for me were clear as day when I was watching the film. And I'm really excited to share my detailed notes with you because I genuinely feel that this film was made really well. I felt that it was written well. I felt that things in the script were properly paid off there were probably one or two things that i was like okay why did we have that but for the most part everything was pretty much paid off like there was nothing really glaring that was hanging you know like left there hanging um oh okay i'm sorry i have one criticism that was kind of like left there hanging for me personally um But it also might be like a cultural thing where, you know, I guess when I get there, I'll explain what I mean. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Belle is about Suzu, this girl who lost her mom when she was very little. I think she she looks to be probably like six. And um, she loses her mom because her mom saves another child from, like, a raging river, basically. Like, the child's on the other side of the river. Mom goes to save the child. Mom puts her life vest on the child. Child is saved, and Susie's mom is suddenly gone. And um, she basically is, like, a shell of who she is from that moment until the end of this movie, which is... She's 17. So, from when she was 6 to when... till she was, you know, almost a legal adult she a legal adult in the United States I should say um, <clears throat> she almost I said for those of you that are gonna come out and be like she said 17 <laughs> um, till she's almost legal adult this whole time she's been a shell of herself just mired in this trauma which in the movie does a really beautiful job of like depicting this right she's like there's um, people in town are talking. She lives in this super rural town, like, kind of, like close but quite still far off, like from Tokyo, a good train ride, like a good long train ride away from Tokyo kind of thing. Um, and, you know, people in the small town talked about her mom, how she basically just left her own child here alone to save another child stranger's child and it's so interesting because like the way like the first thing I thought is like what a peculiar way to have this character like character lose her mom like it's not like mom got sick and died like you know normally it's that it's oh terminal illness or whatever no it's just straight up like her mom was a freaking hero I guess and it was to her detriment which totally sucks but it's a really difficult thing right and um dad is very like mom provided all the warmth all the you know close connection and so susan basically feels alone and dad does his best but it's not his approach of love is like i'll be here when you're ready as opposed to like let me embrace you right now you know it's, it's more like a i i i will offer my hand time and time again but I won't just like directly and I'm guessing mom was more like the direct hands-on so Suzu becomes very lonely she has you know she's friends with the girls in school acquaintances but she has her one really good friend Hiro. um and one day after going karaokeing and realizing you know I mean so she sang. let me backtrack Suzu sang with her mom and um when her mom died she basically just couldn't really sing anymore and for a long time she hasn't sung she's written many songs but she can't really sing and one day after um getting invited to like a karaoke party or something um and realizing that like singing physically makes her ill she gets this invite to become part of a virtual world so kind of like the metaverse except the difference is that it's not just like vr it's there's a body sharing technology so it's like you can actually enter it's called the world of you via this body sharing technology so you feel everything right and when things happen to you in the real world it reflects to your avatar which is called an AS, um, and the whole point is, like, you, the world of you, and your AS, it's the software, it creates a, a, an AS for you, you don't create your own avatar, it, the software scans your memories, and your being, basically, in its entirety, and creates this thing that you can either say yes or no to, and um, it also is supposed to, like, pull out all of your strengths, So, so you can present your best self in the world of you. So one of the things that, you know, the software does is it turns Suzu's freckles into these markings that I have put on my face with makeup. And gives her this, like, gorgeous pink hair, this, like, gorgeous face, whatever. And when she gets into the world of you, she realizes that she can sing. And just being able to sing, she lets out this beautiful grieving song called Gales of Song. And um, she becomes, like, a you pop star sensation. And through becoming this pop star sensation, one day she's giving a concert, or about to, in the world of you. And these, like, superhero sort of, like, uh police, like, you self-appointed police characters are chasing this other character called the dragon or the beast (laughs) hello oh yeah by the way suzu names herself as bell her avatar is named bell and so bell um and and then the beast right the dragon so And uh, in this encounter, uh, she wonders why these, you know, self-appointed police people called the justices are coming after this guy. In this encounter, she also learns that one of the justices, their leader, Justin, (laughs) what a name, right? (laughs) Love it. Um, Justin, he has this like device that unveils people. So basically, it would show who you actually are in the real world as opposed to your AS if he points this at you. And it's, like, a big deal. Nobody wants to get unveiled because the whole point of living in the world of you, right, is, like, to be some someone and something that you don't get to be in the real world. And your avatar, there's, like, I love the diversity of avatars. Like, so many different avatars of different looks, all kinds of things. I love Hito's avatar. It's so cute. She's, like, this little creature. It's adorable. Um, anyway, the Beast, uh, she gets very curious um her concert is interrupted and you know things go down but he seems to be a very strong uh character and um she asks what his deal is and you know someone basically explains like he came into the fighting arenas because there's like the world of you is kind of like tiktok right there's like different areas of it and so i guess there's an area where it's like fighting and um they were saying that he entered the the fighting arenas and that he's just incredibly aggressive and he doesn't stop at the tap out he, do, he they the quote from the movie is like he doesn't stop until the data breaks breaks down so it's almost like he's he's fighting people so hard that it's like He's fighting till their code breaks. Which I'm guessing, you know, it's probably very similar to, like, after you KO someone to keep hitting them. So I understand, like, why people are probably upset with him in regards to that. But um, all Belle kind of feels is, like, curiosity. She wonders who this person really is. um, And she becomes kind of hell-bent on learning that. Um, And so in this, like, second act of the movie, we go into, sorry, I keep accidentally hitting the mic, Um, we go into kind of, like, this journey of finding out who the beast is, who the dragon is, and we go through these different people online, and eventually, we actually learn that it's this, like, 14-year-old boy who's getting severely abused by his father. Oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Trigger warning, um, I'll have to put like a little trigger warning before this but i'm sorry about that um trigger warning domestic violence um i feel like i just got demonetized god i say this every video i really do because i genuinely don't know i feel like youtube censors the are really just really interesting things should i say dv i don't know anyway um yeah, I guess from now on I'll say DV, I'm sorry, um, trigger warning DV, um, yeah, it's, I had a real hard time with that part of the movie, basically, um, yeah, it it turns out being, to be this 14-year-old boy who basically, like, the world of you drew out, just like with Suzu, kind of, like, drew out all the strength, the emotional strength that, he possesses inside him um because of him dealing with his abusive father um and essentially having to protect his brother from this abuse so instead of you know letting his brother get hit he covers his brother while his father abuses him and that's what causes, like, the bruises on his back, and they mention that in the movie, that the Beast has, like, bruises on his back and stuff, and and there's a scene, a really heartbreaking scene, where we, it's like, you don't know what's happening in that scene, but once you've seen the movie once, when you watch it again, you, like, realize what's happening, um, and the bruises, like, fresh bruises start to show up, it's, like, really bizarre, really sad at the same time, so anyway, um, Beast turns out to be this, like, 14-year-old boy who really needs help, him and his brother really need help because they're in a DV situation. And um, Suzu essentially ends up like hell bent on helping them. And she does. And through this journey, she finds closure and peace with her mom being gone and the way that she was that she left. Right. I a lot of a lot of uh critiques on this film that i found from the youtube reviewers that i've been mentioning was like how the beauty and the beast storyline felt shoehorned in why was she so interested in this kid you know whatever and while i do agree with like what what was so interesting about the beast you know when being there when her concert got interrupted, like what was so interesting about that entire interaction to like literally make her be obsessed with him? I don't know. But with that small criticism aside, because she's a teenage girl, and who the hell knows what teenage girl? Is. <laughs> like who knows, man? You know um, what 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 sparks an obsession? A teenage girl. I was a teenage girl, and I can't even answer that question honestly. Um, but, uh, with that aside, it is through her, like, completely altruistic desire to help these two boys that she doesn't even know that she comes to understand why her mother would have risked and lost her life to save another human being and left Suzu on this planet without her. Um... So, I, I don't feel like the Beauty and the Beast storyline was, like, shoehorned in or unnecessary. In fact, I feel that without that, we don't, like, <laughs> without that storyline, Suzu's mom might as well have just been terminally ill and died that way. You know? Whereas, the way that she died and Suzu's whole journey in helping Kay and Tomo, that's their names that they go hand in hand if she doesn't help Kay and tomo if she doesn't put herself in that line of fire for other beings that she perceives to need her help then she doesn't understand why her mother would have done that and left her now it's it's really interesting too because you know some of the criticisms of the townspeople is like leaving her daughter all alone to save a stranger's child and it's like she didn't leave suzu all alone obviously no one is going to replace suzu's mom however it's like the choir ladies are some of my favorite characters true like wise women looking after suzu um even when suzu doesn't realize it shinobu always looking after suzu um and their relationship is very sweet uh you know it, yeah anyways um i feel like that was that was super long uh, basically at the end suzu finds her voice she can sing again it's beautiful and the world of you has learned something um It's learned to bring a little bit more kindness and love to the internet. And who doesn't love that? So let's get into the details. The things that I took notes on in particular. So I love how the world of you and the real world were stylistically very different and distinguished from one another to set the tone of each one. In fact, my friend who told me to get on this film um, told me that Disney animators had a hand in the world of you whereas like Asian animators were fully in charge of the rural uh, real world sets and scenes and that makes a lot of sense and it definitely shows and it was awesome I loved 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 the contrast you can also tell too because in the world of you you have a lot of 3d animation like worked into it whereas um, the real world is depicted in 2d so I love all that Um, The pacing was really intriguing with starting at the You Millennium Parade and then going back in time to show Suzu's mom's sacrifice in her childhood and up until Suzu becomes Belle and then catching us up. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. This is a criticism that some had. And for me, I actually thought that that was a really intriguing way to tell the story because we start when Belle is already, you know, la la la, la la whatever. When she's, like, already a sensation. She's part of the U Millennium Parade. Um, and she's, she's a star, right? And so we we get to experience a little bit of that and get to kind of like see where Suzu is currently to then get thrust back in time to see how this all makes sense and how she becomes Belle. And I thought that that was really intriguing. Um, It's really interesting to note that the song that she tries to sing before puking after the karaoke thing is the song from the end of the movie, A Million Miles Away. Um, Because she starts to sing life glimmer wait yeah i think it's life glimmers no something i can't think of it now i'm so sorry um (laughs) but it's a million miles away and that was cool also the instrumental song behind the montage with her mom is a million miles away so that was cute appreciate, um, showing us, oh, okay, this was another thing, right, another thing that someone criticized that I actually really appreciated, because I'm the person that would have wondered that information, so Suzu, basically, from when her mom died, and she was, like, six, up until her 17th year of life, um, is, like, totally a shell of a person, basically doesn't really have a social life right so the world of you needs a picture of you in order to like create an as and i would have been the person to be like well, how is this girl getting recent pictures if she's not out there socializing and like even wanting to take pictures of herself so they they show her a very comical little scene where she ends up in a photo with some girls in her class and that's what the world of you ends up using Um, and then I love how her freckles end up getting expressed in her ass. I thought it was super cute. Obviously, I put it on my face today. Um, I appreciate that the movie shows the ugly side of the internet without being overbearing. They do it in a very realistic manner. Like, I love, I love the internet discourse, um, in the movie. It's really, really interesting. Like, you know, for example, like, when Belle first comes on the scene and, you know, someone is just kind of like, huh, how interesting. And then the second someone goes, I mean, she's not even that good. Everybody just goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, her songs like my favorite line is like, well, you know, her songs are great, like arrangement sucks, but her songs are great. You know, like how people get basically just, I don't know, kind of like make trying to make themselves sound like they know what they're talking about when there's not even enough information present for us to make like a good assessment there's there are many many times in the movie where the internet is portrayed very realistically um and i really appreciate that um as she flourishes in you she begins to open up in real life and that becomes very evident um by a little montage that is shown and I love that. Like I just this movie is all about show, don't tell, and I really, really, truly appreciated that. Um Oh yes, okay. So and evident evidence to show us that she kind of begins to open up in real life too, uh, as she flourishes in you as Belle is this really, really comical scene. Um, with the character Kami Sheen and Ruka. It's, again, again, some, like... Honestly, the people who brought out these criticisms, I'm genuinely like, maybe, I don't know, maybe this movie just wasn't for you. Or maybe... I don't know. I don't know. Because what people had to criticize, I loved, honestly. Like, the scene with Kamishin and Ruka. It's, like, this scene where... Like, the writing is just brilliant um, because of a scene that happened before. Again, it's, like, the sk- script is so skilled at just setting up and paying off, setting up and paying off. And... It's brilliant. That scene had me laughing out loud. I can't, if I sit here and describe it, we're going to be here for another like 30 minutes. So I'm not going to describe the scene, but it's literally, it's the scene like in the train station looking area with Kami Shin and Ruka and it's freaking hysterical. I was dying. But it's it's a, sh- a scene that very much sh- shows us how just more aware of the world around her and the people around her, Suzu is becoming And, of course, this is in large part, if not all, thanks to her flourishing in the world of you. Um, I definitely didn't see the DV coming. Um, That was rough. I did not see that coming. But when it came, Um, let's see. Okay, so... In being willing to unveil herself, which unveiling themselves is seen as, like, the ultimate sacrifice, right, in the world of you to, like, show who you are in the real world um, to everybody in you. For Kay and Tomo, Suzu comes to understand her mom's sacrifice. In putting herself in the line of fire for these people that she doesn't know but feels like she knows in the sense that they are humans in need, Right? And she could see, she could sense that from from Kay, from the very first moment that he crashed her concert as the dragon, she could sense that there was something off about him, that he he was in need, (laughs) right? And in sacrificing herself for them, she she actually, or not sacrificing because she ends up fine, but in putting herself in the line of fire for them, she ends up ultimately understanding her mom's sacrifice. When she realizes this, her heart energy becomes visible as she quite literally sings from the heart, inspiring the hearts of those in the crowd to glow too. This is one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie. And this is the moment, right, where Suzu, Suzu's been unveiled and she is singing. She's singing a million miles away in hopes of getting Tomo and Kay to trust her. And that's my only explanation for what happens in that moment her this like light starts to to twinkle over her chest and it gets brighter and As the audience sings with her, their little heart lights also glow brighter. It's genuinely just so beautiful, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Oh, this is an interesting thing. So another commentary that this movie makes is how the internet kind of is run by corporations and sponsorships. So, you know, for example, Justin, the head of the justices, he's like, everyone looks up to him because he's got all these sponsorships. But after Justin unveils Suzu, and Suzu, you know, doesn't run away, but rather shows herself even more... Um, these sponsorships are quick to just pull out from, from helping Justin because corporations are just basically, um, what did I say? Are always, hmm. I really wish I could I could read this word. <laughs> wow, that's the first. But anyways, uh, yeah. So corporations are really interesting because they they back Justin right when he's Almighty, but then they pull out just as fast when um he his whole unveiling thing doesn't end up panning out the way that he sees it panning out, and Suzu ends up celebrated as opposed to shunned. Um. It's pretty cool to see everybody's avatars. Like I said, like the choir ladies, their avatars are super cool. All the avatars in the world of you are very cool. The fact that Suzu ends up being a humanoid is really interesting to me. And probably just because, you know, they wanted the main character to be very relatable. So they're like, okay, we're going to give her some funky markings. But for the most part, she's going to look like a real girl. Whereas (laughs) so many avatars are just like, what? How? But man, it's super creative and I appreciate it. The sleuthing is a little insane. Okay? That was one of the parts that, like, when people were criticizing it, I was like, yeah, okay, like, the sleuthing, the sleuthing. But it's okay. It's just to get us from point A to point B. But it was crazy. Okay, it was a little crazy. Um, let's see. So... Shinobu oh yeah okay so I love that it was super cute that Boo was like a champion for Suzu ever since her mom died and basically has been like watching out for her since her mom died um and he's a champion for her helping these boys he's a champion for her singing as herself in you he's a champion like he is just a champion for her and I love that I love that so much Um, dad's kind words are everything when, when Suzu goes to help the boys. It's definitely interesting to me that, I mean, I guess she's 17, so, you know, but I don't know. It's, like, really interesting to me that she's, like, going so far to do this thing that nobody really knows. It's, like, you would think that she wouldn't go alone. It's, like, I don't know. But then again, this might also be, like, a cultural difference where, like, maybe Japan is, like, super safe like that. I don't know. I don't know um but basically she's on a train to tokyo to go find the boys and help them and tells her dad that she's got to go do something and he basically just sends her this really sweet text that says that she trusts him or he trusts her and just be the kind girl that that her mom raised her to be basically and and she'll be okay which were just i cried that was a really sweet moment Uh, yeah, again, sleuthing, crazy. Don't know how she found the condo, but she found it. Um, going back in time in the movie, that moment when she goes to kiss the dragon after they have their moment with her song that she sings and stuff, and she goes for the hug instead. I thought that was really sweet. Very sweet. Um... And then it works really well, too, because when she's protecting them from their dad, when she ends up finding them and their dad comes out and like basically like is going to aggress them. Right. And she hugs them and protects them. That's like when Kay really, really, really knows that she is Belle and she's there to help them. Cause that's another thing is like that was one part of the movie that I thought was a little bit goofy was like Kay's monologue on the on the, the help. I think that line could have been rewritten a little bit better. But then again, they were probably just trying to make the dub look okay. So I understand. Um, so the way they framed Kay and Tomo's dad's wrist with the watch looked a lot like the framing of Justin with his unveiling thing that was also on his wrist. So I'm wondering if maybe they're the same person. Because I also find it really difficult to believe that Tomo and Kay's dad wouldn't have just hit Suzu as well. Like, he already hit his own children. What, like, there's this, okay, this, like, scrawny 17-year-old girl. Like, what's gonna stop him from hitting her to get her out of the way to get his kids back? But if he's Justin and he just saw everything go down and he knows now that suzu is bell he he might just be you know shocked and shit and not hit her at all so i thought that 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 was interesting and maybe that's what they were alluding to in that moment um in fact this explanation would satisfy me because that was something that i wasn't sure of like i was like what he would have just hit her A man who's already violent with his own children. Are you kidding? No, he would have just... Not a man, a person who's already violent with his own children. Like, no. He would have just hit her. But not if he's Justin. He might have thought twice. Tomo is the first one to tell Belle she's beautiful and a good singer in the world of you. As Angel, which I thought was really sweet. Um, especially because, you know, everyone is like, Ew, what a weird song, man. Um... I'm back, dad. <laughs> that line that Suzu says, it means so much more than just, you know, I'm back from Tokyo. Um, And that's heartwarming. It's a very heartwarming moment. So ending with her, ending the movie with her saying yes to singing with the people she loves is perfect. I was absolutely just perfect. I was perfect. Um, Because yeah, this whole journey is about her reclaiming herself and her voice. And where in the beginning she didn't even want to talk much less saying now, now she's, now she's game, um, I love her and Sheena Booth's relationship, it's very sweet, um, and I love that once she, like, you know, finds her shit again at the end of the movie, and she's, like, herself again, he's like, man, this is what I've always wanted, I just, I've always wanted us to just have fun together, and we can do that now, and I thought that was cute. Um, that epic shot of the sun coming out of the thick clouds with gales of song, guide me through the storm, the lyrics, her singing the lyrics in the background, just that, the gales of song, guide me through the storm, that part, um, sing, like, in the background, right, right. It's, like, right in the end of the movie, too. She's, like, looking in the sky, and there's... God, you just can't miss it. It's beautiful. So freaking symbolic of how she's, like, been in a cloud since her mom died. And she's finally coming out like the sun. It's just freaking awesome. Um, Shinobu's supporting her till the very last second. Like, you can do it. Just... I already said this, but just I just love that. I just love that. I love their relationship. I love... That they're friends but you can tell that like i don't know i just would be very surprised if they didn't at least like a date for a while you know um the magic quote quote magic with ai and emotions regarding like the glowing hearts and the secret roses i thought that that was really cool i thought that that was like a really interesting way of incorporating the magical element right of beauty and the beast um because in the world of you like so many things are possible so why not your emotion come out in these interesting magical ways i mean magic being code but still right um (laughs) love the choir of wise women just love them love them so much um i wish we got to see how kei and tomo get like permanently saved from their dad but i am aware that like when suzu comes back from tokyo she has like a she has a band-aid on her face from where tomo and k's dad scratched her and that should tell us like she's taken them somewhere and you know she was tended to but i do wish that we like got a little bit of like a like where they went from there kind of moment from k and tomo just so we know that they're safe for the most part forever kind of thing um again i already said it but i'm gonna say it again i love the ending it's simple and it closes out our story with hope um in an open-ended way without feeling you know like they're not giving us closure um and at the beginning of my of this of this i said you know it's a it's a beautiful ending if you're clocked into the real story and When I say the real story, it's not necessarily that, you know, the beauty and the beast aspect and all those things aren't real. It's just we have to remember that at the core, this is Suzu's journey to regain herself and her voice. And so for it to end with, you know, her having gone through all that to understand the trauma, to better understand her mom and her decisions that led to her death and those things, to then end in this place where it's just her, her people, and a request of do you want to sing the lead and for a character that could not get a sound out without puking and breaking down to now just nonchalantly go yeah it's it's brilliant and it's beautiful and i was deeply deeply touched if you've seen one of my recent episodes that I did or listened to it on the podcast about my singing voice and finding my singing voice and how that kind of also turned into me finding myself in a lot of ways um you'll know that this movie probably had a lot of deep meanings for me and it did it really did I thought it was awesome I what a journey the music is just absolutely gorgeous and I really, I do believe that it deserves the hype that it got, but I also see where a lot of it might not be for for some people, especially people that aren't, like, you know, really super deep into the anime sphere, where things can be quirky and done a little bit differently, and... Yeah. I also feel like there's a, a great disservice done to this film by people kind of putting it out with this idea of like, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast but anime. Because it also takes away from the fact that this is not the story of Kay and Suzu, this is Suzu's story, and Kay just happens to be like Kay and Tomo just happen to be a a very big part of of helping her find herself in this story if that makes sense. Thank you so much for sticking to the end of this video. Or if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening to the end. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it is a, it's a long one. But I love this movie. And if you feel so inclined to check it out, if you haven't already, go ahead. Again, if you want to check out the music as well, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, yeah, I. if you have not checked them out yet, I've done some reaction videos to my one of my favorite animes of all time, Inuyasha. I'm doing an anime rewatch series. I'm going through season one right now. So we are currently on episode two. Episode three is going to be coming out pretty soon if it hasn't already. And yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go until season one is over. And then after that, I'll probably take a little break. But check out those episodes if you are interested. If you're on the podcast, those are YouTube exclusive, obviously, because they are visual as I'm reacting to a show. Um, so yeah, check those out. Uh, again, may I remind you, you can go to calendly.com slash mac to book a tarot reading. Uh, you can also go to the link in the description, whether you're on the podcast or on YouTube. And... Please help me out on my road to growing my YouTube channel, to my first thousand subscribers, to getting it monetized, and growing my podcast so that we can create a community here with Embodying Mystical Mac. And we can perpetuate a kinder, softer, more aware world where we still hold each other accountable. We're just not dicks about it you know? So like, subscribe, leave a comment. If this is the podcast for you, please follow, please review. It's all very appreciated and stay mystical, stay grounded. I will catch you next time. La 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 la. When I can't stop singing it. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Embodying Mystical Mac. Please consider leaving a review and letting us know how this episode impacted you. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description. And for more content from me, including a video recording of this podcast, as well as photos, videos of aerial silks, and all of the random things that I'm up to, follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Both can be found under Embodying Mystical Mac. Lastly, thank you so much to James for all of the amazing editing work that you do on this podcast, as well as on the YouTube videos. Stay mystical, stay grounded, and I'll catch you all next time.